is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. Unfortunately, today, Derek Smith could not join us. My brother was uh, busy with many things and couldn't be here today for the podcast, but that's all right. I got you covered. Got plenty to talk about with Homestead. Uh, He's going to join us in the middle of the week when we'll have uh, another interview that we're going to do. We've started trying to work in some interviews throughout the week, so hopefully we can give you a recap episode, some kind of interview, deep dive episode, and then a preview of the weekend's action for the upcoming schedule, whether it's NASCAR, IMSA, IndyCar, hopefully all three at some point, Uh, maybe some Formula One sprinkled in there as well. But yeah, that's what uh, we've got going on schedule-wise. So wanted to get this one out to you as early as possible, and unfortunately... That meant Derek couldn't be a part of the recording, but I'll be carrying you solo today, so no big deal there. We've got lots to talk about. William Byron gets the victory in the Cup Series. We will talk some Xfinity Series as well because there was a big incident there that led to Myatt Snyder getting the victory, Uh, but Noah Gragson will feel very hard done that he did not end up with the victory because he was flying on the day. More on that coming up later. And also, something else I wanted to do uh, that I've never done, but I thought maybe we could start trying this out from time to time. I want to give you the power rankings for the Ford teams in the Cup Series. So, Blue Oval fans, if this is you, I'm going to tell you who I think the best Ford team is right now, and then we're going to go through each of them and see where they stack up. So, we'll do that a little bit later. But first of all, it's uh, before we do anything else on this podcast, we need to wish a happy birthday to Mario Andretti. He is 81 years old today. He is our guy, and uh, I know I'm speaking for Derek when I say this, but we both uh, really obviously respect everything he's done, not just him, his whole family, uh, in the world of IndyCar and obviously in the world of racing. So happy birthday to Mario. If Derek were here, he would tell you an annoying story about how he met Mario Andretti, and I say annoying because Derek always finds a way to meet the biggest name drivers. He's met Mario Andretti. He's met Richard Petty. I'm sure I'm forgetting other drivers that he's met. Dale Earnhardt Jr. he's met. So he's met like everyone you can meet in the sports world, in the racing world for sure. So in either case, we'll spare you that. At some point, he'll tell you about that story some other time. But happy birthday, Mario. We wish you nothing but the best. Now let's talk Homestead. William Byron, he's on the podium. Not only is he on the podium, he's always in the trophy. He's won. He is your winner at Homestead and a pretty dominating performance. He was out by... I don't know, two or three seconds there at the end uh, had led by more than that for most of the final period of time there that we had in the race. So this is his uh, first win in a mile and a half track. He obviously won his first race in the Cup Series uh, at Daytona last year. And last year, that was, I thought, a well-deserved playoff for him because if you looked at a lot of his finishes, he was running top 10 top five at, at times last year. He had plenty of good finishes last year. So William Byron is uh, definitely going to be a story that we're going to keep an eye on. Wondering about the power at Hendrick, we obviously know they've got plenty of it, given the fact that Chase Elliott won the whole thing last year. Um, so they clearly are feeling like, as they should, one of the best teams in the sport. But now you've got William Byron factoring in. Kyle Larson was a factor for most of the day today, like he was also again at the road course. So he is, of course, uh, showing that he is potentially a top 10 driver, car, team, all that uh, in this series. And then, of course, Alex Bowman has been a, a really good start to his season, too. So you got the everybody there kind of clicking right now. 
and and certainly Hendrick has got a ton going for them. But William Byron, by no mistake, this is not some kind of wow! Can't believe that happened. That was a fluke. No, they they were they were fast all day. He had one of the best cars. Uh, he drove it to the front and stayed there. And good for William Byron. Took that car from what like way back in the pack to start off. I'm trying to look back up and see very quickly. He started 31st. <laughs> in fact, the two guys who finished one, two, the average starting position for them was 33rd because Tyler Reddick drove his Chevrolet up to the front as well. As we saw in that final stage, he ended up getting all the way up to, uh, to the second place finish there. So Tyler Reddick in the croissant rocket, as I like to call it, he was flying. He was ready to go. So love to see that for uh, my guy. He's my personal favorite driver, Tyler Reddick. Wish he could have got up there all the way to number one. But uh, yeah, he ended up with a second place finish there. Just if he had uh, maybe had a better restart, as he said after the race, just slightly better restart. Maybe he could get all the way there and, and win. But also William Byron, you know, he might have been doing things to save fuel, save his equipment just in case. So who knows how, how much he was backing off at the end of that. I'm not exactly sure. But either way, uh, great win for William Byron. Great for him. And great to see Tyler Reddick. Two two guys that I think have a lot of potential and a bright future in this sport. Uh, both getting it done at Homestead, a very unique track. Uh, I love Homestead. I think Homestead should have two races on the schedule instead of one. Uh, I would like an opportunity to go there. And I, I think, honestly, next year, if I'm going to book a trip to Florida, with all due respect to the Daytona International Speedway, which I do love, if I'm picking one track to go check out, for me... I, I love the way Homestead drives. I, w- I love love that Xfinity race that we had as well, uh, which we'll talk more about uh, a little bit later on the show. But I, I really love the way that track races. I, it's just, I am, if you listen to this show, you will find uh, Derek is more, he loves the super speedways. He loves all of it. You know, we, we like to talk about all that. We're obviously both big short track fans, road racing fans as well. But for me, I, I, Homestead is just something unique right? It's almost perfectly shaped. It's not, you know, it's the same track, same length, front stretch, back stretch. I don't know. There's just something that I really dig about the way that track runs. And it might be that partially one of my favorite drivers is also really good there uh, in Tyler Reddick, but it's a, it's a fun track for me. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy the Xfinity race, like I said. So I would like to see, uh, I would like to see Homestead get two races uh, in future years. We'll see if that ever happens. Let me know what you think though at Stagger Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can hit us up there. Would you like to see Homestead get a second race? Maybe even, you know, not make it the final race. That's fine. We don't need to do that. Maybe so they should have a playoff race. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, even if they don't, maybe you just give them a second race and you bring the trucks back as well for one of those. Don't know. We could talk about that for sure. Hit us up at Stagger Podcast on Twitter to let me know what you think. Other storylines coming out of this from the Cup Series uh, we didn't even go through the top five or top 10 or any of that. So I'll do that real quick. Martin Truex Jr. was third. Kyle Larson was fourth and Kevin Harvick rounded out your top five in a very quiet outing for Kevin Harvick, who yet again is just right there at the end. One of the top five cars and don't look down the standings, but uh, that's reflected in the standings as well. Cause Kevin Harvick is right there where you'd expect him to be right among your leaders. All the talk of Kevin Harvick is, is he washed up? Well, it's only three races, but He's not going anywhere right now. He is he is still there and still bringing it uh, like you would expect him to do as one of the best drivers out there. So I, I anticipate you will see more and more of him as the season progresses, as we get to more mile and a half. But yeah, don't sleep on Kevin Harvick. He's doing just fine. Just fine. Lingering there. 
Uh, the rest of your top 10, Michael McDowell in six. And we're going to talk about Big Mike in a second because <laughs> he continues to impress. Uh, Ryan Newman is seventh. Kurt Busch was eight. Alex, Alex Bowman was ninth. And uh, Kyle Busch rounds out your top 10 after a day where he was on the radio complaining what's new, but he was definitely not thrilled with the way his car was handling. He was yelling at Ben Bayshore and you know, move down to the bottom. It's, it's bad there too. move up to the top. It doesn't work on the top. Like he was just not happy at all. So, uh, but he ended up with the top 10. So that's, that's a true testament to his ability and to that team for continuing to work on it. And uh, I think that's going to pay off for them. If they continue to do that, you will see Kyle Bush back up at the front sooner than later. Um, but let's, let's talk about Michael McDowell. Big Mike, is he for real? Which I'm, I'm just calling him Mike McDowell. I like, I like shortening the names, and I don't I don't mean to do that in a way that's offensive. First of all, make sure that if you know you're giving people nicknames, make sure they're cool with the nicknames. I think in life that's a good rule. But let's just pretend that Michael McDowell was open to being called Mike McDowell. I am here for the Mike McDowell era. Like Mike McDowell, big Mike McDowell coming through sounds just so much better than Michael McDowell, who has like a different history. If we just call him Big Mike, Mike McDowell, I feel like that's Actually, you could do that with him and with William Byron. Instead of William, imagine if these guys were racing in like the late 80s or early 90s. Michael McDowell would be called Mike McDowell. William Byron would be called Bill Byron. And I guarantee you, Bill Byron for sure is a guy. And Mike McDowell probably too. Like they sound like they drive like a Ford Taurus in, in the Winston Cup, right? And and probably one of their sponsors is either like a brand that doesn't exist anymore, like All Sport or Dunkaroos. Bill Byron for sure has like a neon yellow all sport Ford Taurus. And maybe uh, Mike McDowell is driving like a Dunkaroos Oldsmobile or <laughs> something else. I love it. I, I want to call him Mike McDowell and Bill Byron. That's it. But uh, don't sleep on Michael McDowell right now. He's sixth today, fourth in points. He's already got the win. So he, I mean, is this for real? Are we going to keep it up with Michael McDowell? That's a storyline that I'll be paying a lot of attention to over the next few weeks, but uh, good for Front Row Motorsports. They they have got something cooking with him, and he continues to impress because you can easily say the Daytona 500 win, well, hey, it was great. It was a nice moment, but you know how those things go, right? It's it's plate racing or you know whatever we're calling tapered spacer era racing. Everybody is real close, and if there's a wreck that happens in front of you, it may just work out that you can get the W. Um, but then he finished really good at the road course after going off course and getting a flat tire on the very first lap. Before the race even started, actually, he got the flat tire, then went off course. So he fought back and had a nice run there. And now you go to a place where arrow's huge, you got to have a good motor, and you got to have a car that works and develops mechanical grip, can do the arrow tricks, all that stuff. And he finished fourth, or I'm sorry, sixth, but fourth overall in points now. That's that's legit, man. There's something real going on there at Front Row Motorsports, and I think that needs to be continue to be discussed. But he is truly one of the – they keep running all those promos for best season ever. I mean, I don't know if it'll be that, but if guys like Michael McDowell are up at the front, it's going to be interesting. So – yeah, that is uh, truly a day that that uh, we won't forget watching him continue to fly around there and have another good run. Just like we won't forget Tyler Reddick, like I was talking about. I think Tyler Reddick will be fine this year. I think that I know that Homestead is not a track that's similar to a lot of the other mile and a halfs in the way that it runs because you can't really run 
the wall like that at you know some of these other tracks out there like you're not going to do that at Charlotte uh clearly you're not going to do that at Kansas you know or even the two mile tracks like Michigan it's really not a thing right you got to run those tracks differently so I know that he was bummed not to get the win but I do think that he is I think this is this is showing that that team at least does the things well that we thought they did and he's a good driver when given the opportunity in that equipment uh his car came around obviously second half of the race so I think Tyler Reddick will be okay um Denny Hamlin, by the way, it should be noted, speeding on pit road. Has has Denny Hamlin ever done that except for like almost it seems like every fourth, third or fourth race of his career is he gets caught speeding on pit road. Doesn't always cost him, but uh, did today. He ended up finishing 11th right behind Kyle Busch. So clearly probably could have been a top five or even top three car. But hey, you get caught speeding on pit road. Them's the brakes. That's what's happening. Uh, something else that was weird was Kyle or uh, Kyle Cole Custer, man. Cole Custer was up there running top five for a good part of the day. And, and I thought for sure, Cole Custer's going to end up with a top five or at worst a top 10. I checked it at the very end, 23rd for Cole Custer lost track of him through the field as Tyler Reddick was coming on. And there was that battle for second with Truex and Larson and, and, and Reddick. And I kind of lost focus on where some of these guys ended up falling out, but Cole Custer got back to 23rd. That's too bad for them. I thought he was going to get a top 10 out of that. So maybe if you want to hit me up on Twitter as well, at Stagger Podcast, some things that you found surprising from this race. I'll give you a list of a few of mine. One was that fence line, you know, as Clint Boyer kept calling it, running the boards. Um, that, that was not there most of the day. Most of the guys were not able to get up there and run up there like we thought they would. And I think that's part of why Tyler Reddick's car wasn't really hooked up the way that we expected until the very end. He was able to get up there the last, you know, 60 or so laps and and really make some hay. But before that, it wasn't there. And I think that was a little surprising to me. I'll tell you another guy who was really surprising and and good for this team and good for him, uh, Trackhouse, right? Daniel Suarez, the 99. We talked about him last week, vomiting in his helmet. He follows up that performance at the Daytona Road Course with a top 15 day. And he had a top, I want to say top 16. I think it was 16th last week, 15th this week. Okay. I mean, if you keep doing that, eventually you're going to end up first, right? But I don't think that's likely to happen. But uh, he finished between Chase Elliott and Brad Kozlowski. So anytime you can do that, where Chase and Brad are the two guys surrounding you, bracketing you in the finishing order, that's probably a pretty good day. But for Trackhouse, yeah, top 15s, you'll take those every day of the week. That is a really good thing for them. Uh, not as good is that uh, Toyotas, they're lacking speed right now, or at least they were here. Truex finished third, but next best from the Toyotas was Kyle Busch in 10th. Denny was 11th, like we said. Yeah, that's not that's not ideal to have only one of your, or, well, two of your cars in the top 10, but, you know, barely two. That's not ideal for the Toyotas, and I'm a little surprised by that. Tell you who else I was surprised by was Penske. Woof. Here's their finishing order for the Penske crew. Brad Kozlowski, 16. Joey Logano, 25th. Ryan Blaney. I almost said Dave Blaney. Wrong. <laughs> Ryan Blaney, 29th. And, of course, he got hit by uh, Eric Almarola. And I don't know. I, Almarola must have either got loose or thought he was cleared, tried to make himself clear. Either way, that was a shame because Blaney was running the top line when he was going to go around Almirola and Almirola just smacked up into him. I don't know how he missed that. I'm not sure if that was miscommunication from a spotter or what that was, but it ruined both those guys day. They ended up both finishing a lap down. 
and Blaney, you know, being in 29th, it's not great for him. Um, and I'm not, it's probably not fair to lump this guy in with Penske, but you know, uh, Woods brothers have a technical alliance with Penske and Matt Benedetto is in that seat. Now, obviously Austin Sindrick is going to take it over at the end of the season or next year. Uh, and he, of course, unless something changes at Penske, that's where he's going to be until Penske has a seat open for him. But Matt Benedetto is uh, going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Man, you could not ask for a worse start to your season with what he's, you know, trying to do here, looking for a ride, trying to, you know, keep his name out there. Obviously, you'd want to be finishing better than this, but he is so far back right now in the standings. I was just looking up uh, the the point standings right now. Matt Benedetto is thirty fourth. Um, he has fourteen points on the year. Quinn Half has eleven uh, there for Starcom Racing, and obviously they finished uh, like nine laps down this week. You know, it's it's they're they're in they're in they're a much underfunded team is uh, Starcom compared to the Penske's of the world and and some of these top drivers and the Woods the Wood Brothers are not at that far down the pecking order. They should not be finishing out of the you know top thirty, but right now that's where they are in points. He's thirty fourth with 14 points James Davison has 15 points Joey Gase has 17 points that's he's not even running full-time Josh Balicki has 18 points I mean this is this is not a Jamie McMurray has 30 points he ran one race I mean this is not good for Matt Benedetto so we got to get him up in the top 10. We got to get him a couple top 10s, get him back to where I think that team, I think they're they're a solid playoff team again this year. I'd, I'd be shocked. I was going to be shocked before the start of the season, but now you can't have too many more weeks like this. Las Vegas is a huge race for Matty D. Um, speaking of, that's Ford Power there. We're going to talk about the Fords. I'll give you my power rankings for the Ford teams when we come back, and we'll talk about the Xfinity race. That's up next. You're listening to the Stagger Podcast. Welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. So Derek and I have been talking about this a little bit in in you know on the air. We brought up at the start of the season, Front Row Motorsports. Where would they and Roush Fenway be? Who's the third team right now for the Ford teams? And it got me thinking like we should probably occasionally just say like power rankings. You know, I mean, you're probably not going to do this with Toyota, but at least with Ford and Chevy, you could say who are the you know who's the top team, who's the second team, who's the third team. Ford is very interesting to me. Because obviously it's a little hard to piece this together because you do have the Wood Brothers kind of as like an outlier team. So if you want to put the Wood Brothers as just a one-off team right now, they would obviously be the worst team. But I think it's a little more than fair given what they are to the sport and who they are and their factory support and all that stuff. It'd it'd be probably more fair to put them in with Penske. Um, But I was just trying to come up with in my head who would be the best team right now in the Ford stable of teams and so here we go i'm going to give you my power rankings and of course feel free to yell at me at stagger podcast if you disagree um number one i'm going to say Stuart haas is is number one in the ford team power rankings that's not because we had a uh guy on brian murphy who is one of the fabricators there at Stuart haas but right now you got kevin harvick sitting in second okay cole custer's sitting in a playoff position in 14th uh, uh, sorry, I almost said Ryan Briscoe. Chase Briscoe is sitting in the 26th position right now, and Almirola is 28th. So the, those 
back to are not ideal, but I expect Chase Briscoe to be a top 20. I expect both of those to be top 20 teams by the end of the year. Uh, this is power ranking, so you could look at where they're running right now. I still think of all these teams, uh, you have the the team that is doing the best when it comes to the standings right now. I mean, Kevin Harvick's right there. Four team is, is tough to beat. And even though he hasn't won a race yet this year, I'm still going to put Stuart Haas because of the, the amount of you know teams that they, cars that they field. I'm going to put them first. But I'll tell you what, after after three weeks of watching these teams run, I know that you could argue that one of these teams, they had two guys running one, two at Daytona. You could also talk about a top five at the road course. But I'm going to put front row motorsports second in the power rankings. I am. I'm sorry. What they're doing right now with Michael McDowell sitting in fourth. Yeah, I'm going to put them. I'm going to put them up there. Yes, I am. And I realized they also have fast pasta, Anthony Alfredo, who's not quite up there. You know, he's sitting back there in, I think, 33rd or somewhere in the 30s in the points. So that's not ideal. Okay, but I'm still going to take Big Mike McDonald in front row motorsports. I'm going to put them second. I'm going to say Penske's third because they had a terrible week this week. And I do think Homestead carries a little more weight because there are more tracks that rely on the things you do well at Homestead than do at the road course and certainly than do at Daytona. So if you're really good at Daytona, that's less important to me. So that's why I didn't put front row number one because they've got to win. Um, and I didn't put, you know, Penske, I'd kind of discount them a little bit because, okay, so who cares? You guys were one, two, eight, you wrecked. So I do think team chemistry also factors in. But not only did you wreck, you're just not getting the finishes right now. So I know that they won't be like this forever, but Penske, I put third. And I put Roush Fenway fourth, though you could argue, and we didn't talk about him. Uh, Chris Buescher had a nice day. Uh, Ryan Newman had a good day. I mean, these guys were running up there. I guess I should say they they were running well for most of the race because I don't think the finish was there quite at the end, right? Um, Chris Buescher ended up 19th, which is about your, where you would expect. But Ryan Newman was seventh. Ryan Newman had a nice finish there. Uh, both those cars, though, were top 10 speed all day long. So Roush Fenway with a big statement because we were wondering about them and, uh, you know, they're showing that they're they're not going to go quietly in this ranking. So anyway, I, I obviously Penske is a much better team than Front Row and Roush as far as the amount of firepower they have everywhere. But right now they're not getting the results. So I put them third in my power rankings. Feel free to uh, be angry about that or or ignore it. I don't care. But <laughs> you can tweet at us at Stagger Podcast like I keep saying if you want to. All right, let's talk Xfinity. This was a really fun race, the Xfinity race at Homestead. Uh, congrats to Myatt Snyder, who, man, that guy has been running for a while, hasn't gotten an, a national series win up until this point. He finally got one done. So cool to see for him. I know that there are going to be a lot of people who are really frustrated, you know, for the guy that he ended up getting the win over. And and that's totally fine. Obviously, for people who are not aware, if you're a uh, you know, if you've watched NASCAR and NBC and you've seen Marty Snyder, the pit reporter, Myatt is his son. Uh, so if you didn't already know that, now you do. Uh, but yeah, he uh, <laughs> he has uh, the nickname Sauce Boy, which was I, I always enjoy because of his Louisiana hot sauce sponsorship, which, uh, yeah, that's a lot of fun. But good for Myatt Snyder. I thought that was really cool that he got the victory and happy for him. I know he's been around for a while. So, yeah. That's uh, it's pretty cool. And he actually went over to Europe uh, for a year. I want to say he was over there in 2019, uh, was able to go out there and run some races in the Euro series and then got back in Xfinity last year. So 
good for Myatt Snyder. Hopefully uh, more good things for him to come. But he's been strong, and uh, nice to see him get a victory finally. Now, we could also talk about what happened with Noah Gregson, right? I mean, you can be happy for Myatt Snyder. Uh, you could also say that maybe what happened to Noah Gregson wasn't uh, wasn't ideal, and that maybe if you want to say that wasn't ideal is probably selling a little short, right? He ran into the back of another driver and had some pointed words afterwards. Uh, he said, what are you going to do? You got shitheads in the way every single week, uh, was how he said it. Um, so he was not happy because as he was running the top, and Noah Gregson was having a phenomenal run. He had a nine-second lead. He was just a few laps away from taking the white flag. All but done pretty much, right? And then it ended up that uh, driver in front of him, who was driving the Whataburger car, David Starr, who you know had had a nice run going in his own right. He was like I think 14th or 15th was running up there, blew a tire, came right up in front of Gregson. There's not much he could do about it. There's not much much David Starr could do about it. And Noah Gregson was cro- closing so quick he couldn't stop, couldn't adjust, and ended up running right into the back of him killing his day, killing David Starr's day too, for what it's worth, but nobody really cares about that. But Noah Gregson has had some bad luck at Homestead. He has been up there, couldn't get the restarts right last year. This year just ends with a terrible wreck, and it's so frustrating, right? But I'll say this for Noah Gregson. I mean, he's a great driver. I think you're going to see him in the Cup Series. He's going to be very entertaining and, and all of that. But, dude, get around the lap traffic. He kept doing this throughout the race, and it was annoying me. As I'm watching him, he was running that high line and he expected everyone to give him the high line and get out of his way. And the thing is, there's two philosophies about lap cars when you're a racer. And it depends on kind of what your background is. But a lot of guys who who race in, uh, whether it's like a karting series, whether it's road course racing, and quite honestly, dirt cars are the same way. I, I feel like in sprint cars or in other series, you'd have the same thing. There, there is no preferred line, get out of the line, don't clog up the preferred line. Like a lot of times, I think what most guys attempt to do, obviously, if there's a race going on, they'll pull over and let the two cars that are battling kind of duke it out, right? But a lot of times what, what etiquette is in a lot of racing series is hold your line, stay where you are, stay, you know, one half of the track. Just make sure I know which side you're going to stay on. Don't dive out of the preferred groove. Because I'm not expecting you to do that. I'm the better driver in the better car. I will get around you when I have the opportunity to. But you just stay where you kind of are. So if you're running the top, stay running the top. If you're running the bottom, stay running the bottom. And if you're a road course racer, you know, keep running the the preferred line. I will get around you when we get a chance. But just don't go swerving in a way that I don't expect. Now, obviously, David Starr's car didn't perform the way he thought it would, but I think Noah Gregson was kind of getting frustrated because he did this a couple times, ran up on a few guys where he expected them to just pull over and let him go past on the high side because he was running the top. And they were commenting on the broadcast like, I wouldn't do that if I were him. I would just, you know, make the pass, get below him and move on. Stop trying to bully these guys out of the way. He didn't see it that way. He thought these guys should part the waters for him and get out of his way. I think he'll learn from this. I hope he does. But yeah, man, just... Welcome to, you know, a lot of short track racing, you know, Saturday nights, get around the lap traffic. That is part of the gig. And uh, it's it's not totally his fault, clearly. It's obviously an unfortunate thing what happened to David Starr. And for those who didn't see it, Noah Gregson was on Twitter saying, 
there was no flat. All four tires were up. They were not. Uh, if you go look at it, um, uh, David Starr had a, a bunch of rubber wrapped around a suspension that got tweeted out. Pictures of that got tweeted out showing that, yes, the tire came apart and then they changed all four tires and you know were able to finish the race on those. But that tire did go down, it appears, before the wreck happened. That appears to be what caused the wreck. So for those who like to always rip the back marker cars, well, A, I don't think David Starr would purposely just jump in front of the guy who's going about 10 miles an hour faster than him. I also don't think he would try purposely to get in the way and ruin what was a great day for him, running top 15 in that car. Excellent. Great stuff. Didn't work out, and it's too bad. Uh, one other thing I wanted to get to, though, with talking about the Xfinity Series talk about what tire fall off and a good aero package will do for you, right? I mean, you saw it. If, if you, if you were going back and getting tires, some guys tried to stay out for a couple laps. You know, if there's three or four laps in the stage, you saw like 20 guys stay out, but man, you saw the good cars go in, get tires and they could come up through the field in about a lap and a half. They were, they were able to pass 20 cars in less than two laps because you have tire fall off and because you have a better aero package. The Xfinity series right now, with the, the composite bodies where they have, you know, multiple body pieces put together so it's not, you know, one molded thing that's constantly getting all the arrow tricks done to it. They've got all those things that they can't mess with now. All those little parts of it that they're not allowed to, to do anything to. The Xfinity series is great at Homestead, and I hope they apply some of these uh, tricks and things they've learned from the Xfinity series to the next-gen car. I, I'm, I'm sure they are. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it was really good. It sucked for Noah Gregson, but that Xfinity race was fantastic. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, I hope you go back and check it out. That is it for me this week, uh, or at least today. Hope you've enjoyed this. Hope you're glad that we're doing these recap episodes. Let us know what you think at stagger podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It always helps us to have more people checking us out. This podcast is also available on YouTube. So if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We always appreciate that. We'll be posting more content as we go forward. Don't forget, later this week, we will talk to sprint car driver Ryan Broughton about the upcoming season in Ohio and what it's like to run your own team for a local short track racer. We'll talk to him next. Uh, but thank you again for checking out the Stagger Podcast. Until next time, stay safe and stay staggered. <laughs>